an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Tuesday morning by Andrew Erickson and by our guest, Alfredo Brown of Football Guys. Thank you so much for coming on again. Second time on the Tuesday show this season. We're happy to have you back. As always, we are going to dive right in to the Week 10 Buy Low, Sell High running backs on this show. Running backs. Now, the number one most traded running back is actually a guy we're going to talk about later in the show. So we'll start with the number two most traded running back so far in the last couple of days, and that's Gus Edwards, Gus the Bus. Alfredo, I'll start with you as our guest. Are you buying, selling, or holding a Gus Edwards right now? So I want to say sell, but I really don't know how many people are like, yes, let me go and buy as much Gus Edwards as I can. I feel like even the most uh, beginner fantasy player is looking at it and saying like, okay, six touchdowns in three games. That sort of seems pretty unsustainable. Uh, And then you you dive a little deeper. The schedule gets harder with Cleveland, Cincinnati, the Chargers, who in my head, they had still been the same Chargers of last year that were just really bad against running backs. And they've been getting better and better and better. And we saw them last night against Brees Hall. And then you've got a bye week for Baltimore. So like I said, I want to say sell. I just don't know who's actually going to buy. So if you have them, just ride the Gus bus wave, man, and just just hold on to them. It's interesting because I do think the offense as a whole is trending in the right direction. You know, you saw some spottiness in the first month of the season. New offensive coordinator, guys don't play in the preseason. That was kind of to be expected. So it's getting better. I mean, they've dropped 30 points the three straight games. Like, there's going to be scoring opportunities because they do like running him near the goal line. We also saw Keaton Mitchell break out in a major way and on such a few number of carries. I saw you were tweeting off radio that he looked like Devon Achan. And, you know, that stat line wouldn't have looked out of place for Devon Achan. So... There's all these factors going into the backfield. At the end of the day, though, Gus is the guy that I think is leading the backfield on a really good offense, and it's going to get scoring opportunities. He just doesn't actually touch the ball all that much. Erickson, what do you make of this? I mean, it sounds like you just described Raheem Mostert uh, with Gus Edwards. And who? what do we talk about Raheem Mostert in the beginning of the season? He was a sell high. And again, it de- depending on where you end up selling him, you know, may have worked out in your favor. But ultimately, as we head into the Dolphins bye week, if you had moved off Mostert, you're probably feeling pretty good about yourself, even though Mostert's had a couple decent games, but not anything like his red-hot start. And that's the same with Gus Edwards. I mean, the guy scores five touchdowns the last two weeks. Like, just not going to continue to score this touchdown at this high of a rate, even if he is the goal line back, because guys just don't run that efficient, you know, every single week. Again, he's facing the Browns this week. It's a really bad matchup for running backs. So... Yeah, I, I want to get out of Gus Edwards. And look, it's one of these things where you can try to trade him, you package him to get another, another running back, maybe one of these buy low running backs. Don't make him the focal point of the deal. Like, that's the main thing there because people will look at it as like, oh, they're trying to sell the high on Gus Edwards. Well, don't make him the only part of the pie because he has value. The thing is when people put two players together, they're usually just two bad players. Gus Edwards is not a bad player. And anyone, know, everybody knows that. Like, he has value. But that means you can move him, I think, in a deal with another player. So that's how I would approach it. I would I would try to sell high. I guess, and if I can't move him, it's like, well, then just keep him. 
Alfredo, before we get to some uh, trades that have actually gone down in Fantasy Pro's My Playbook in the last day um, that I want to get your opinion on, I do just want to ask you, are we going to overreact or, or properly react to this Keaton Mitchell breakout and say we'd rather have Mitchell than Edwards moving forward? Or are we still like Gus just because of the goal line work? I mean, I think it's fantasy football and it wouldn't be fantasy football if we weren't overreacting every single week. <laughs> like, this is just what we do. No matter how much we preach, stay patient, stay patient. It's tough because fantasy football is a week to week game. So it's just you, you look at, at week 10, you're like, I really need a win. And maybe Keaton Mitchell's going to be that guy. I, I just tweeted this before the show is that if you go out and you're spending fab on Keaton Mitchell, don't expect him to a do what he did this past week or B. I don't even think he's necessarily going to be a starter for your roster this week going up against the Cleveland Browns. You're going into a three running back mix there. So I think you're holding him and stashing him for maybe the playoffs as his role starts to grow. This is what good teams do. They unveil new wrinkles as the season goes on. And even uh, John Harbaugh uh, admitted, he's just like, I, you can't keep a guy like that off the field. So we're just going to let them rotate in and whoever's got the hot hand is going to keep going. Erickson, what do you think about the comparison between Edwards and, and Mitchell going forward? Look, I think that Edwards is someone they trust, but it's one of these things where, well, we're going to use Gus Edwards until we find something better. Like that's kind of the MO with Gus Edwards. Like he's solid, he's steady, five yards per carry, does what's blocked for him. But I mean, he doesn't have that juice like Mitchell does. Neither does Justice Hill. It's, It's so obvious. So again, maybe it's just Mitchell. Okay, this week he takes over for Justice Hill. And Justice Hill was playing in garbage time, like with the backups. Like why was he doing that? Wouldn't that be the perfect time to play Mitchell? Maybe if they value Mitchell more than Justice Hill, okay, now he's number two in the depth chart. What if Edwards gets banged up? Edwards has been hurt the last couple of years. He's been banged up. So, yeah, I think that would not surprise me at all if we look up and be like, oh, what do you know? Key Mitchell's now the, the starter, just like we did with Achan. Like, you know, he ripped off a big run. It's like, oh, he can't sustain this. He can't keep doing it. Oh, buddy, yeah, he does it again. So I, I wouldn't doubt him, especially because Mitchell, he was one of these players we talked about, like, what was like a month ago where he was getting added everywhere. And I was like, wait, what's going on? Like, why is this guy getting added? I mean, it was like Adam Schefter that was reporting that they, they absolutely loved him. And it's like, don't forget about that because Schefter did the exact same thing last year with Kyron Williams. Like he talked about that a lot, you know, on a lot of his, you know, on his Twitter profile, on a lot of his podcasts. So it could be the Mitchell thing all over again. It's like, Hey, the Ravens are like, let's use this guy. So yeah, I think, uh, wouldn't be surprised if that happens. All right, let's get to some of these trades that have actually gone down. Alfredo, would you trade Gus Edwards for DJ Moore? Ooh, I mean, I hate to do the cop out. It definitely depends on the makeup of your roster. I would assume you're probably not doing that great at running back. If you've got Gus Edwards on the team, you probably don't have a whole lot of options. So I'd probably just hold on to Gus Edwards uh, until further notice there. But if you are hurting for wide receiver, I think DJ Moore remains a a top 20, top 24 guy. It's just it's definitely going to depend on roster construction for me. It's probably fair to assume most people playing fantasy are have a need at running back and are not, you know, flushed with guys. It's kind of like tight end. Like Uh, if you have one that you can start every week, are you moving him or are you just going to keep starting? Him, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, next one here, Gus Edwards plus Nico Collins for Josh Jacobs. What do you think about that? Alfredo? Gus Edwards, Nico Collins for Josh Jacobs. I would, I would take the Josh Jacobs side on that. I still, I think that I'm super excited about Josh Jacobs going forward. I think he's got potential to be a top five running back rest of the season that that Raiders team is so pumped with Antonio Pierce, who has come out and just said it. I want to feed Josh Jacobs the ball. We need to run the ball. He's kind of got a little bit like Dan Campbell-esque vibe going on where we're going to be the smash mouth team and everyone's super excited for it. So yeah, I'm I'm all in on, on Josh Jacobs rest of the season. 
Last one, Gus Edwards and Najee Harris for Kenneth Walker. Yuck. Um, I think I would. I think that the arrow is trending downward for Kenneth Walker, but I think that the arrow is so far down for Najee Harris that <laughs> I might just stick with Walker there. Uh, because I do think that he's going to have that higher floor and higher ceiling than Gus Edwards. So I think I'd go Walker in that instance. Erickson, any of those three trades stand out as ones you would definitely do or not do? Again, it was Gus Edwards for DJ Moore, Gus and Nico Collins for Josh Jacobs, Gus and Najee Harris for Kenneth Walker. I like the Josh Jacobs one the best. I think you're just kind of consolidating roster spots. You're getting extra roster spot. Josh Jacobs, you just play him every week and you feel good about it. Like, I don't think you have to worry about matchups or anything like that, whereas the other players are a little bit more matchup dependent. It's rather like lo- like having the luxury to just like lock in a stud, you know, whether he has good games or not, like 20 touches per game, like you're not worried about Jacobs any single week, even in tough matchups, whereas Edwards, um, Nico Collins can have way more up and down games. There are always fun questions around the NFL this time of year, like who are the pretenders, who are the contenders? Now we're more than halfway through the NFL season, but DraftKings Sportsbook is still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this November. The Week 10 slate doesn't look amazing, but there are still nine games with an early spread of 3.5 points or less on DraftKings, so there should be tons of close finishes this week. Plus, I cannot wait to watch C.J. Stroud and Joe Burrow go head-to-head in Cincy. That's my favorite game of the week, even though the Bengals are laying a full touchdown against the Texans. However you guys plan to bet that one, get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet just $5 on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Guys, the next, so in this case, third most traded running back is Bijan Robinson. Obviously, just the talking point of fantasy the last couple of days continues to be Arthur Smith and how he uses his stud players. So, Erickson, we'll start with you this time. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Bijan? Oh, I'm buying Bijan. There, there are there's blood in the streets when it comes to Bijan Robinson. People do not want this guy. People want to see Arthur Smith get fired. It's I mean, Arthur Smith is going full on Grinch right now. People are like, we don't like this guy at all. We want nothing to do with this guy. Um, and that's why it's a perfect opportunity to buy. You know, looking at Bijan Robinson, I still think that he's still seeing a decent amount of work in the offense. Look, Tyler Ogier hasn't really been lighting up the score, but he had negative yardage in the first half of last week's game. And I get that he's annoying around the red zone, but that's kind of been the case all year long. But, you know, they had a drive at the red zone. They gave it to Algier a bunch of different times. Bijan didn't play and they didn't even score. So I I think that with the Falcons dropping games, 
they're going to have to change something up. And what do you think that they would do? Like probably feature their rookie running back more who, again, from an efficiency standpoint, there's nothing wrong with B. John Robinson. Like he has looked explosive. He has looked the part. When he gets the ball, he is good. So it's not a talent concern here, which is why I like buying it because you're not buying a bad player, like hoping the situation changes. It's like you're buying a good player with the number one schedule for running backs the rest of the season. He's playing the Arizona Cardinals this week. Like you need to forget about what happened in the beginning of the year. Yes. Was he worth a first round pick? No. Like, but that's ancient history at this point. Like we're trying to project forward from week 10 onward and looking at the schedule, Bijan Robinson is going to light the scoreboard up if he gets more touches, especially as a ball carrier. And one thing I want to point out too is you guys remember Jonathan Taylor's rookie year? Didn't do a lot in the first half of the year. Didn't do a lot. We see this all the time with rookie running backs, with rookies in general. They break out in the second halves of seasons. So with the stock so low on Bijan, who again, we don't know what the after effect of that weird headache game is. You don't know if they're limiting his snaps or whatever because of that. That's just another kind of quirk thrown into his outlook. This is the time to buy. And if you haven't, you got a hold. Like, I'm sorry, because you're not going to get a fair deal for him whatsoever. So my goal this week in all my leagues, I want to get Bijan Robinson on every single one of my fantasy teams. And I'm going to ride him into the fantasy football playoffs with the Falcons, or excuse me, the, yeah, the Falcons playoff schedule is so good for running backs. So Bijan Robinson, long story short, I'm going to buy him. Yeah, Alfredo, same question, buy, uh, sell, or hold. But also, Bijan is at RB10 in the half PPR rankings for rest of season, according to the experts. Is that too high, too low, or just right? Um, You know, I, I've got him a little bit lower than that, but like just outside of it. I think I have him at like 11 or 12. I'm actually doing an episode on that today over at Football Guys uh, for the running back rankings rest of season here. And a lot of what Erickson is saying is correct. I mean, my heart says buy, right? Like, this is a very good player. You want to go and buy B. John Robinson if you have the opportunity. However, my head is telling me, stay away from him. You can't just keep stepping on the rake over and over, believing that Arthur Smith is going to give us what we want. He hates us. He hates you. He hates your family. He hates <laughs> fantasy football. He hates B. John Robinson. Like, I just, I don't get it. Bijan's had two carries inside the 10-yard line. Why would you do that for a player that is so good? Instead, you're out here drawing up passing plays for John New Smith and, and sweep runs, and it's just, what are we doing? I, I will say this, Erickson, you're 100% right. The fantasy playoff schedule and remaining schedule is great for the Falcons, right? He's got Carolina, Indy, Chicago, all throughout the playoffs. And so if I'm a contender and I can get, I think it's reasonable to actually think you can get RB2 pricing for Bijan. If I can get that, I'm doing it. If not, and I'm a contender, I don't think I need to risk going out there and starting Bijan Robinson and getting five points because Arthur Smith decided, you know, I'm going to change things up this Sunday and give John Smith goal line carries. So, yeah, I, it's it, it's a really tough one for me. I want to buy, but I just can't. Arthur Smith, pretty easily the most hated man in, in fantasy uh, at this point in the season. Let's do some real-life trades that have gone down with Bijan Robinson Erickson, starting with you. Bijan Robinson for Deontay Johnson. Would you make that trade? Yes, 100 times out of 100, I'm taking Bijan. Like, I like Deontay, but it's like he doesn't offer nearly the ceiling that a Bijan Robinson can offer, in my opinion. How about Bijan Robinson for DJ Moore plus Justin Fields? I'll take Bijan. And then lastly, Bijan and Jalen Waddell for Ramondre Stevenson and Jamar Chase. Again, that's Bijan and Waddle for Ramondre and Chase. I would take the Chase side uh, just because I want Chase. Like that's he's the best player in the deal. So I would take uh, that side. 
What do you think about those trades, Alfredo? Again, it was Bijan for Deontay Johnson, Bijan for DJ Moore and Justin Fields, and then Bijan and Waddle for Ramondre and Chase. Do you like any of those? The Bijan for Justin Fields and DJ Moore stands out to me, too. I just I don't know that I want any aspect of that Bears offense going forward. The the Bijan over Deontay was another one that was good. I think those two clearly stood out to me as I would much rather have Bijan in those instances. Before you guys listening make any trades, you need to check out our trade analyzer at fantasypros.com slash myplaybook or on the Fantasy Football My Playbook app. Instantly see who wins any trade and how it shifts the balance of power in your league for the week, for the rest of the season, even beyond for Dynasty Leaguers. Stay ahead and play smart with the trade analyzer on fantasypros.com slash myplaybook and on the Fantasy Football My Playbook app. Guys, let's jump into the buy low running back segment. And Alfredo, we'll start with you. Who's your top buy low running back right now? So I kind of cheated here. I'm not really giving you a buy low. It's more of a buy high on elite talent. And I think that right now, because the part of the season we're getting into, right, is where most of the people who are really making these moves are contenders, right? It's people who are trying to set themselves up for the playoffs, not the teams that are out of it. And so I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor as a guy that I'm willing to buy high on. So at least earlier in the season, the concern for Jonathan Taylor was the usage. Zach Moss has been good. Jonathan Taylor's not going to get the snaps. And little by little, we've seen that all change. In week nine, he had season highs in snap percentage, rush share, target share. Everything's looking good for him. He's been the running back seven over the last three weeks. And I think that that can get better. I think he's potentially a top three or four running back rest of season. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's going to be all that much separating a guy like Jonathan Taylor and maybe Travis Etienne and some of these other guys who are, you know, top three, top four right now. So if I'm a contender, I'm willing to go and get him because I think what you want to do at this point is you're not necessarily looking for guys to buy low on and hope they cash in later. You're already a contender. What you want to do is go buy high on elite talent and make your good team a great team and make sure that you're able to win that championship. And I think you get a nice little buy low window after week 10 because he goes on buy in week 11. So there might be some of those teams, maybe someone who has them is like, "Ah, I really need to win this week to get into the playoffs. I'm willing to sell Jonathan Taylor and just get back some starters in exchange. I think that that's something that's very doable. Only two teams with a winning record on the Colts schedule remaining. So there's going to be some game script here where Jonathan Taylor can run out the clock, still get plenty of that passing usage. And then week one of the fantasy playoffs, he goes up against Pittsburgh championship week. He goes up against the Raiders. Everything just looks really good here for Jonathan Taylor going forward. Yeah, it's a great call, especially on the bye weeks. I I like that sort of strategy of like later in the year, those bye weeks are even more crushing for a team that's trying to make the playoffs. So go ahead and take advantage of it if you're in a spot where you can. Erickson, Jonathan Taylor actually jumped up four spots in the consensus rest of season rankings in the last week. Uh, he's now up at RB5 actually in half PPR. Do you think that's too high, too low, or just right? No, I think that makes sense. You know, he's starting to really carve out that RB one role. And I still can't like, I look up every time at like the rushing yards leader that I see Zach Moss at number two. And I'm like, how is that possible? But Zach Moss, you know, I saw his lowest snap share of the season last week. Jonathan Taylor saw his highest snap share. So just continuing to lean more and more on JT in this offense. So um, yeah, I think that he's kind of just back to where we kind of hoped he would have been, you know, if he had not, you know, started the season on the PUP list, you know, he was going to be a top five running back. And now he's kind of back um, where he was supposed to be to start. Now, Erickson, your top by low running back is actually the guy I was referencing earlier. He's the most traded running back in fantasy in the last couple of days. Yep. I believe he was the guy I talked about last week, too, and it's Tony Pollard. Um, look, guys, he scored against the Eagles. Got called back because of a penalty. So I know everyone's looking at the box and be like, this guy can't score a touchdown. He sucks. 
No. He literally scored against the Eagles run defense, who nobody scores against, but it got called back due to a legal formation. It wasn't even a holding penalty. It was a legal formation. <laughs> so, Tony Pollard is playing the Giants this week. The Cowboys are, checks notes, 16-point favorites <laughs> at home. <laughs> Tony Pollard can't score a touchdown this week. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'll take, you know, we'll all take massive L's on Tony Pollard. But the upcoming schedule for Dallas, where they're playing teams that they should totally run over the Giants, Panthers, Commanders. They're going to be playing positive game script. And we've seen this Dallas offense be willing to run the football when they're up big. The last two games, Dallas has been different because they've been playing in more back-and-forth contests. It's been more competitive, which is why they've been throwing the ball more aggressively. Against the Rams, they threw the ball more aggressively. Against the Eagles, they threw the ball more aggressively because those were the matchups called for that. The Giants' secondary is not that bad. Their run defense is horrible. So... I think this is the week where you got to get Tony Pollard. Like, because the buy low window is going to slam shut after they play the New York Giants. And I think that it makes sense for Dallas to get Tony Pollard going because I think that he's going to be part of their reason they have success and, and potentially make a playoff run here if they get a balanced running attack to go along with Dak Prescott, who's playing much better since their bye week. So for me, Tony Pollard, again, he's still seeing an elite usage. I think that's going to finally come around for him. So I'm going to be buying Tony Pollard. So yeah, all my teams are going to have Tony Pollard and B. Sharp Robinson um, on them from this week onward. So I'm looking forward to that. Alfredo, Tony Pollard, RB9 in the rest of the season rankings. Where do you have him? I actually have him as running back 10. I was just checking that out right now. And uh, I mean, I also think it's just good to be fluid too on these rankings, right? Like I think that Tony Pollard is still that guy with the potential to be a top six or seven running back rest of season. It's it's just crazy to think how things have gone for him. Obviously, he can blow up here over the next couple of weeks against New York and Carolina. But I, this is an interesting stat that just stood out to me. Ian Harditz over on Twitter posted that Tony Pollard has gone an NFL high 136 touches without a touchdown. I mean, at some point, like something has to give, right? Like it has to. And so, yeah, I, to me, I think having him around that running back 10 is just fine if the touchdowns go up and that passing usage stays there. You're looking at a guy who continue to trend upward. Let's get to the sell high running backs. And Alfredo, I'll stick with you for your top sell high running back. <laughs> it feels like this dude's just been a sell high every single week of the season. And we're just, we keep repeating it over and over and over and over. Raheem Mostert. And we already talked about him once on this show. So this is like the second time we're talking about Raheem Mostert being a sell high. And uh, it's kind of the inverse effect of Tony Pollard. We talk about he's got to score a touchdown eventually, right? Raheem Mostert, you're looking at that law of averages. He's got 13 touchdowns in the season. It's just, it's absolutely wild. And if there is an offense, and I'll say this, if there is an offense where he can keep that going and keep scoring touchdowns, it's Miami. But we're also looking at, you know, first part of the year, there was no Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson's back. He's not been very good. And then Devon Achan starts to play really well, and then he's out. And so everything has kind of been the perfect circumstances for Raheem Mostert. And he still never, he hasn't really lived up to that early season value that we saw there where everyone was saying, hey, it's time to trade him, time to trade him. The offense has slowed down a little bit, and I think that the Miami Dolphins offense really misses Devon Achan. I think that he brings just another wrinkle to that offense that teams cannot prepare for. When you have Waddle, Hill, Achan, and Mostert out there on the field at the same time, you have absolutely no idea who to cover, and there's so much speed everywhere. So I think that because of these offensive struggles, when HN comes back, he's going to be really heavily involved. Uh, I, he's expected to return in week 11. And the other running backs that have been part of it, Jeff Wilson, Savon Ahmed, they just haven't been good. And then overall, just for Miami, the fantasy playoff schedule for the running backs is not a great one. The Jets, 
the Cowboys, the Ravens, three really tough teams. So if you've been riding the Raheem Mostert wave and getting those touchdowns and winning your matchups, it might get a lot more challenging for you in the fantasy playoffs. You you beat me to that point. I was just going to mention the schedule because there's been a lot of talk, you know, in the last week or two about the fact that this Dolphins team so far this year, the pattern has been they have struggled against good teams. And those are three at least really good defenses and two pretty good teams in that fantasy playoff stretch. So like to what degree would you say you're considering that as a factor when potentially selling away Mostert? Well, I, I have to because if I have Mostert on my team, and considering where I drafted him, it means I probably have a really good record, right? Like I got a, a top 10 or 12 running back so far this season without really having to pay up for him. So likely my fantasy team is good. I'm a contender. I'm going for a championship. For me, I have to look at the playoff schedule. And it's you know like how all the NFL coaches say we're 1-0 and or we're 0-0 or whatever it is. Like when you get to the fantasy playoffs, none of your previous record really matters unless you get a bye week first week. You have to win every single week. And if you're saying, well, you know, I can wait for the next. You can't. You can't. You have to win. So, yeah, the fantasy playoff schedule matters a lot for me. Erickson, who's your top sell high running back right now? Yeah, look at Raheem Mostert. It's funny. Like, I feel like he could be a landmine player where, I mean, if you had the luxury, you could just drop him and it could potentially nuke another player, another team's roster if they have to start him in the fantasy playoffs. So again, try to trade him first. But for me, it's uh, Alvin Kamara. You know, he's someone that I've written about in the fantasy football forecast about selling high on just because I didn't think that his workload was sustainable when he came back from his suspension he was averaging like 25 touches per game like he was leading the nfl in touches per game especially through the passing game and what we're seeing from the saints offense is they want to spread the wealth like they're getting they got juan johnson back last week and what happened michael thomas got like zero targets in the last game and juan johnson had a big role in the red zone he scored a touchdown Taysom hill is eating into that red zone role as well he had six red zone carries last week so where are the touchdowns coming from camara where are the touchdowns coming overall for his outlook he still has a bye week coming up after they play the Vikings and the Saints overall schedule for running backs is really hard. It's one of the bottom schedules for running backs for the rest of the season. So Camara, again, if you look at anything that's points per game, total points, basically since he's come back, he's at the top of every single list. So I would sell him because if you just look at the track record of, again, we've talked about this on the show before where all of the older running backs have been horrible when it comes to efficiency. Like they have not been efficient rushers. It's really been volume that has saved them in the most part. And that's what's been part of Alvin Kamara and why he's been so productive, especially as a pass catcher. But there's a lot of weapons on the Saints offense. Like they like to give the ball to a lot of different guys. Chris Olave was the one that scored last week. He had eight targets. Michael Thomas only saw one target. Is Michael Thomas going to see one target every single week? Probably not. So that's probably going to go up again. And the fact that Taysom Hill's involved in the red zone. Jamal Williams is getting more involved. They like to involve Kendrick Miller here and there. And then Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill led the team in carries. Not Alvin Kamara. He's the starting running back. So the Hill rule is not going away because it's working. Like, he's scoring touchdowns, throwing touchdowns every single week. So, for me, Alvin Kamara, as an older running back with a bad schedule, doesn't have a clear-cut red zone role. If you're not scoring those touchdowns, like, I feel like there's going to be issues with him moving forward. So, for me, Alvin Kamara is so high. Alfredo, where do you have Kamara ranked? He's RB7 in rest-of-season rankings. That's exactly where I have him. RB seven. I think that he falls right along. I'm looking at it right now. I think he falls right along the lines with some of these guys like uh, Brees Hall. And let me see who else. Brees Hall, Derek Henry, uh, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard. I think he he remains in that range because you're, you're not getting the, the same kind of 
touchdowns that you want the goal line carries but the, the thing that's keeping him afloat is that passing volume and i think that you can kind of look to one thing that anchors all these guys that are in that range of like what keeps them going and so the passing volume is nice for alvin Kamara, but just i think that so far we're lacking that upside that the touchdowns bring so that's that's why i keep him in that range we talk a lot about what makes winners on this show and there's one thing all the teams coaches and players have in common preparation Planning is key in everyday life, too, and a great way to be prepared for the unexpected is to join Air MedCare Network, America's largest air ambulance membership network. Air MedCare Network providers operate state-of-the-art helicopters that can respond to critically ill or injured patients who need emergency medical transport. These flights can be very expensive, but as an Air MedCare Network member, you won't see a bill for your flight only when flown by one of their providers. That's right, you'd pay nothing. You can become a member of Air MedCare Network for just $99 a year. And right now, our listeners get up to an $80 MasterCard or Amazon e-gift card when they join and use offer code fantasy pros that's fantasy pros with no spaces make financial peace of mind part of your game plan visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash fantasy pros wide receivers we are talking about some buy low sell high wide receivers as we enter week 10 officially into the second half of the season always Hard to believe it comes so fast. Let's jump right into the most traded wide receivers. And the number one most traded wide receiver right now after week nine is a very big name. It's Devontae Adams. Obviously, the Raiders coming off the big game. Adams not coming off of a big game. But Alfredo, as I guess, I'll start with you. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Devontae Adams right now? I want to try to sell if I can. And I know that just that sounds so counterintuitive to what we normally do. We say this is a good player everything will regress to the mean and he'll he'll be good the problem is here is just there's so many mitigating factors we don't know what the offensive identity is going to be for this team going forward now that antonio pierce is the head coach we really don't know how good or how bad aiden o'connell is going to be i know there's a lot of like rah rah around him but we don't know how good he's actually going to be for fantasy and there's not really anything from earlier on in the season that tells us that Devontae Adams can get back to that type of production. He's been averaging over nine targets a game, which is like fine. And, uh, you know, I'll keep throwing that out there with tears running down my face. As I said, like it was good process, right? But he's been the wide receiver 45 or worse in four of his last five games. And the one game where he wasn't, he was wide receiver 32. He's almost unstartable at this point because of how bad the Raiders have been. Now there's a whole new, you know, offense and a a new world on the horizon for the Raiders. So it might get better. I just don't know that at this time of the year, I'm willing to take that chance. I guess it depends on what the cost would be. So I mean, if you're a contender and you want to buy them for basically next to nothing, cool. But if you have them and you need to start making some moves and you want to package them for a better player, like a top 10 wide receiver, and you can package them, I'd probably do that. Last time he was actually startable was like week four. The schedule just does not get easier. So yeah, I'm I'm off of Devontae Adams. Erickson, are you buying, selling, or holding? I'm buying. Buying Devontae Adams because right now, current standings, Jacoby Myers has more fantasy points than Devontae Adams. Do you th- are we really gonna bet on that happening for the rest of the season? Jacoby Myers is gonna outscore Devontae Adams. I I don't bet on that. Like Adams is wide receiver 16, Myers is wide receiver 15. Like, there are guys that have more points than Adams that I think you could flip to get him. Nico Collins is wide receiver 14. Mike Evans is wide receiver 13. Like, Adams leads the NFL in red zone targets. 
Like he's again, it's similar to Tony Pollard, where it's like he just hasn't really scored since earlier in the year. So for me, he's still commanding a high target share. He still has all the great peripherals that you're looking for. He's still running the most routes. It's just Jacoby Myers, the guy that could never score touchdowns in New England, is now just scoring all the touchdowns for Las Vegas. So I just don't think that's gonna that's gonna keep up. Adams, we know he's a wide receiver one in fantasy. Like, is he really gonna finish like as a wide receiver two? I mean, I guess you could make the argument, oh, well, he's getting older, but it's not really an efficiency thing. Like, if you just watch him play, he looks fine. Like, it's not like he's, oh, well, he's, like, washed up now. He can't catch the ball. He can't get open. Like, I don't think that's the case. I think it's just that he's running bad when it comes to touchdown variants. So um, I'm going to buy. So let's do some real-life trades here. These are actual trades that have gone down in my playbook. Uh, And these are, you know, real ones all involving Devontae Adams. First one here, Devontae Adams for Tony Pollard. Alfredo, would you make that trade? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have Tony Pollard. Erickson, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I think they're in similar situations, but I would rather have their running back than the receiver. Alfredo, how about Devontae Adams and Isaiah Pacheco for Jonathan Taylor? Give me Jonathan Taylor. I, I'm going to lean towards the player that I think has that elite upside and the league winning upside versus the two guys that I think are going to be sort of ho-hum starters each week. Erickson, Devontae, yeah, Pacheco for the, Taylor. I'll take anytime you can get an elite running back, like just receivers are just easier to replace. So I would go after Jonathan Taylor. Last one here, Alfredo, Devontae Adams and Gus Edwards for Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah, like not even a hesitation. Go, go give me Jamar. Actually, eh, we got to be careful because there's all like the injury stuff creeping up with Jamar Chase that we don't know if that all turns out to be fine. Yeah, give, give me Jamar Chase there. Erickson. Jamar Chase. I'm, I'm going to try to try my best to trade CD Lamb for Jamar Chase this week. That's my goal. So Chase Ooh. for me. All right. Uh, if you guys need new tires for your car, Discount Tire is your go-to. They have exceptional service, and you get a 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. They have this really cool feature called Treadwell, which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance, as well as personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits. Discount Tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country, so it has the biggest selection of tires and wheels. And here's a pro tip from the experts at Discount Tire. You can prevent wear and boost gas mileage by keeping your tires properly inflated. Tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and is important to check for safety. So if it's been over a month since you last checked your tire pressure, stop by one of their local stores for a free tire safety and air pressure check. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Next wide receiver here, most traded guy, DeAndre Hopkins, new quarterback, obviously making an impact for him. Are we buying, selling, or holding on DeAndre Hopkins, Erickson? I like the schedule for the Titans moving forward. It's pretty good. It's good for Will Levis, the quarterback. And and you're seeing more from Levis than you, as like just the Titans passing game as a whole, than we were seeing at all with Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis. So the willing that they're just willing to throw the ball more is like good for the bottom line with Hopkins. So I think that, I mean, at worst, he's going to be like a wide receiver, too. So I, I think that he's probably a hold for me. Like, you, if you wanted to sell him, you should have sold him after the three touchdown game. Like, that was the prime time to sell. But we did see, you know, some more lumps with him against the Steelers where, yeah, he was getting a lot of targets. But again, like, not super efficient, which I think is just going to be the only thing that kind of holds him back. So I think that he's probably just a hold for me. Like, he's not someone I'm, I'm looking to necessarily buy just because I, I just don't believe in this Titans offense, like overall, even with, with Levis under center. So it'd be something I'm just kind of get away from. But 
I think that he's fine to hold, and he's probably just going to be a wide receiver too from here on out. He's valued in the expert consensus rankings right now as a wide receiver three, high end. He's wide receiver 26 in the ECR, Erickson. So do you think that's too low then? Uh, let me see where I have him actually. So I know that, yeah, so I have him in the in the wide receiver three range as well. So again, it gets kind of muddied in this area. It really depends on like, you know, does the guy have a bye week left? You know, what's his schedule upcoming? You know, floor ceiling. It's just, I just don't think the ceiling is like super, super high. And maybe I'm wrong saying that because he had that three touchdown game, but that was kind of everything kind of coming together. You know, there was no tape on Will Levis. Hopkins was due for a touchdown regression. So it like all kind of came at once. And it's like, all right, that was the time to play him. Of course, he was on everyone's bench in like the worst matchup you could you could ask for. But yeah, I think at the end of that, he's he's just fine. Like, I don't think that he's going to be the reason you win or lose your league. So if you can move him to get up to a, maybe a league winning type player, like, for example, I would trade Hopkins for Tank Dell. Like, that's what I would do. I would I would sell out on the name brand of DeAndre Hopkins to grab Tank Dell, who is like a wide receiver one in terms of fantasy points per game that I don't think a lot of people would actually realize. Alfredo, are you buying, selling, or holding on DeAndre Hopkins? I don't want to buy because I don't think I'm going to get the price that he's actually worth. I think that with the the performance that he had, the three touchdown performance, there's going to be a lot of people that are still riding that high. And then a lot of people that are going to be leaning into, well, he got 11 targets in week nine. I think we're looking at a very similar situation here to Devontae Adams. And I, but I think that Devontae Adams is the better player at this point in his career. I do kind of agree with Eric here that I think that the Will Levis balloon pops at some point and we don't see this same guy. I mean, I don't think that Will Levis has been bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I also think there's been some of those touchdowns very easily could have just been interceptions on underthrown balls that hung in the air forever and ever. So I like that he's targeting Hopkins a bit more. I just don't think that in a trade, I'm going to actually get him for what I think he's worth. I think you'd have to overpay for him. And I just don't know that that's worth it at this time in the year. So based on what both of you guys said, I'm pretty sure you're going to not agree with any of these trades, but these are all real trades that have gone down. So I'll throw them out anyway and just get your opinion. First one here, Alfredo, DeAndre Hopkins for Brandon Ayuk. Give me Ayuk. How about DeAndre Hopkins for Dalton Kincaid? Oh, a little cross-positional here. Uh, Tight end sucks. So I guess if you can have a guy (laughs) that's going to give you maybe top seven or eight at production at tight end, yeah, give me Dalton Kincaid. And then lastly, DeAndre Hopkins and Rashad White for T. Higgins and Raheem Mostert. Oh, that's just got a lot of gross all over it. Like I keep like <laughs> picking players I don't like out of that. I'm just gonna can I I'm just gonna X out the, the running backs there and make this DeAndre Hopkins for T. I've totally taken over the show. Uh DeAndre Hopkins for T. Higgins. <laughs> I'd rather have T. Higgins going forward. So yeah. Erickson, what do you think about any of those? Again, it was DeAndre Hopkins for Brandon Ayuk. It was Hopkins for Dalton Kincaid, and it was Hopkins and Rashad White for T. Higgins and Raheem Mostert. Alfredo asking for for danger here in darkness with Rashad White, who's coming off his breakout game, man. Rashad White finally hit. So, I mean, that one's tough because I do like White. I don't really like... I guess I would probably take the White and Hopkins side there. Um, Again, I don't think that T. Higgins will necessarily like be that much better than Hopkins. I think that both guys will be wide receiver twos um, for the rest of the season. Uh, The Ayuk deal, I love. I love Brandon Ayuk getting him off the bye week. I don't even care if Diva Samuel's back. Like, Ayuk is such an alpha. He, the 49ers schedule is, is so great. I think Ayuk could be a top five wide receiver rest of season. So I love going after Brandon Ayuk and selling DeAndre Hopkins to get him, I think is highway robbery. So yeah, um, those are kind of my thoughts on those deals. What about the Kincaid one? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Again, we've talked about this before where wide receiver is more, is more replaceable. Like let's say you have a tank Dell on your bench. 
Tank Dell has scored more face points per game than DeAndre Hopkins. Like, so we just get rid of Hopkins and just start Tank Dell instead. All right, let's go to the buy low wide receivers. Alfredo, who's your top guy here? This one seems really obvious, but I just don't know that enough fantasy managers are looking at this. And you have sometimes have to point out the obvious. I'm going with Marquise Brown, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. I think he is the perfect buy low. When you're trying to frame this, this is the kind of guy that you'd be looking at. The last four games have been really rough for him. He's been the wide receiver 50 in points per game and wide receiver 40 total. He's been averaging, excuse me, when we saw him with Kyler Murray last time, Kyler, you know, Kyler Murray's coming back. There's not really any of these wide receivers out here that have been struggling lately where you say, oh, okay, they're going to get a top tier quarterback with great arm talent coming back and lining up under center. So when he has been with Kyler Murray and no DeAndre Hopkins, we were looking at a guy that was getting a 24% target share, nearly 10 targets per game. He was really, really good. And then shout out to the guys over at Fantasy Points looking at their data suite over there. Marquise Brown is 10th in expected fantasy points lost due to uncatchable passes with five fantasy points per game. That would have put him up around 17 PPR points per game. I know it's not that simple. Like that's just not how math works and averages and whatnot, but that would make him a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. I'm not suggesting he's going to go from, you know, being wide receiver 40 over the past few games to top 10, but here's a guy that I think is probably top 20 rest of season. And you can probably go out and get him for wide receiver three value at this point. I with Kyler coming back, honestly, I think I'd rather have Marquise Brown over DeAndre Hopkins, who we mentioned earlier. Marquise Brown is down at wide receiver 34 rest of season. I'm not sure if everybody has accounted for Kyler coming back imminently in those rest of season rankings, according to the experts, but that's a pretty low ranking, a pretty attainable guy. Erickson, where do you have Marquise Brown rest of season? Yeah, no, I haven't fully updated it with the news that Kyler Murray is going to be starting because we still weren't sure if he was going to come back. So I had him originally at wide receiver 30, but he would definitely be someone I would be moving probably closer to the Texans wide receivers. Um, I'd probably move him above both Jacksonville wide receivers over Kirk, over Ridley. I mean, probably move him over Olave too. Olave for Marquise Brown. I would make that deal. I would, I would sell Chris Olave to get Marquise Brown. I'm, that might be something you can actually get done based on the rankings as well. Uh, let's go now to our favorite segment. It's the Uber Eats player we'd give up almost, almost anything for. This week, that player is Erickson's buy-low wide receiver, Devontae Smith. Erickson, what makes Smith such a great buy-low candidate? So Devontae Smith has been living in the A.J. Brown wide receiver one season shadow pretty much all year. But... And that was something I was concerned about entering the year where, you know, Devonta Smith, I wasn't sure how big of a target share he would get with a healthy A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard. And last year we saw when Dallas Goddard went down, Devonta Smith was a fantasy wide receiver one. And that's why I didn't want to draft him as a fringe fantasy wide receiver one because Dallas Goddard was healthy. Well, throw that out the window because Dallas Goddard's injured now. So unless the only thing that I could see this being different from last year is if we see Swift take on a larger role of the targets because Miles Sanders obviously was not commanding any targets in this offense. But besides that, I mean, it should be Devonta Smith as a wide receiver one alongside AJ Brown in this offense for the rest of the season with Dallas Goddard slated to miss at least four games being put on injured reserve with the fractured forearm. So Devonta Smith has been quiet. Again, he's caught some touchdowns the last couple of weeks. So put up some production, but overall he's been disappointing and I think that you can still get him as a buy low because the manager that might have him may not realize like the actual real ceiling Smith can offer with Dallas Goddard silent, which we saw last year. And that's the reason why we were drafting Vonta Smith so high 
lat or during draft season because of the production he put in the second half of the year with Dallas Goddard out. Well, history is going to repeat itself. So I like Devonta Smith, especially when you look at the schedule. So they have their bye week this week, another opportunity we can buy him because he's not playing. Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys. Again, a lot of potential shootouts. So, so I like what, Smith. What kind of ceiling are you putting on him for as long as Goddard's out? I mean, I think he can be a fantasy wide receiver. I mean, why can't he be a fantasy wide receiver? It's exactly what he did last year. He was a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. I mean, he's actually like top five. I, I yeah. don't think I wouldn't be that aggressive putting him there, but I haven't ranked wide receiver 12 my rest season rankings. Like him or Puka Nakua. Puka is one that's kind of, he's on the downtick because of the addition of Cooper Cup, Stafford injury. So right now I'd rather have Devonta Smith. No, I, I I totally agree. What do you think, Alfredo? Where do you have Devontae Smith? He's he's wide receiver sixteen right now in the rest of the season rankings. I think that's going to continue to go up, um, especially with the you know the Goddard developments. So you know, where would you have him? And uh, you know, do you agree with him as kind of a top buy low candidate? Yeah, I don't have my rest of the season wide receiver rankings solidified, but I'd probably looking at it right now, I'd probably have him around that. 13 14 range uh and maybe even a, a little bit higher what, what i like about him and for the eagles that the strength of schedule is really nice for the wide receivers going forward they've got some really competitive games coming up right it's not going to be a cakewalk and that might not be great overall for the eagles but it should provide some good game script some heavy passing game script for for the eagles and I think the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is that aj brown is committing targets at a volume that he was not doing last year and he's i mean really separated himself as the alpha of this team and jalen hurts hasn't been nearly as efficient passing the ball as he was last year so i think those are the only two things that give me pause but i do think that Devonte smith is an excellent buy low and i'd probably put him in there on that fringe wide receiver one wide receiver two status would you would you flip waddle for him straight up um i think they're really close i think they are very very close the two of them I know we talked about the Dolphins schedule. Yeah. Really bad. So I think that that's what we do for me. Like just the schedule alone, like Waddle and Smith are both wide receiver twos. They both should be the, at least the number two on their offenses, but Smith has a better schedule. Yeah. So I would, that's why I would lean Smith. I think, but. I think I agree with you there that I might lean Smith by like a, a smidge. It's uh, close, but it's definitely a deal you could do. Cause they're both on by. Right. So it's like, you could make that move happen. Yeah, I would say this for the Dolphins, for, for Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver schedule is a bit friendlier than the running back schedule overall. They have something very similar to the Eagles where it's going to be, you know, a, a, a lot of game script dependent stuff where they're going to be passing that ball a bit more. Get food from your favorite restaurants plus groceries and other essentials delivered straight to your front door with Uber Eats. This football season, stay planted on your couch and get anything, well, almost, almost anything you need for game day by ordering on the Uber Eats app. Uber Eats, the official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Alfredo, give me your top sell high wide receiver. I'm kind of cheating once again. He's not necessarily a sell high. This is kind of a sell low. Uh, I think that just at this point in the season, you really need to establish your identity and your roster and the players you can count on. And we're at the point where you just cannot count on DK Metcalf. And I think that if you have fantasy managers in your league that are willing to buy on the name value of DK Metcalf and hope that he can, you know, it's got to get better, right? I don't 
think it necessarily does. He's had one game this year as a top 24 wide receiver. He's a wide receiver 43 currently. And there's just so many factors surrounding this. Geno Smith has not been as good as he was last season. And I think a lot of people were waiting for this to happen. Geno was one of those quarterbacks that had, uh, I think it was like top two or three and most turnover worthy passes last year. And that's kind of coming to fruition. Not that he's been a turnover machine, but he just hasn't been nearly as good. Jackson Smith and Jigba is getting more work. Pete Carroll continues doing Pete Carroll things and wanting to commit more to the run and understanding that he's got to slow down the game a bit and that Seahawks defense continues to improve. So we might start to see a Seahawks identity where the defense, even though they got absolutely obliterated by the Ravens this last week, they've outside of that game, they've been good. And so I think we end up seeing a Seahawks defense that is good, a Seahawks run game that kind of takes over a little bit. I think you could probably I go back to the guy who I was putting as a buy low. I think you could trade DK Metcalf for Marquise Brown straight up just based on the name value for DK Metcalf. And I think that Brown is going to be giving you better results throughout the rest of the season. Or I think you could also package Metcalf to go and get a, a better guy like one of those Devonte Smith type players, DK Metcalf and, and another wide receiver or a low end running back for a Devonte Smith, I think makes a ton of sense. Erickson, you have been one of the high guys on Metcalf for, you know, during draft season and in the early part of the year. Have you kind of come down a bit and are on Alfredo's side on this one? No, no, actually, I, d- I disagree um, with Alfredo. So they're playing the commanders this week. The worst secondary in the NFL that if Mac Jones had actual receivers, he would have done way more damage against this defense. Emmanuel Forbes is going to be having nightmares about DK Metcalf trying to cover this guy because we saw what AJ Brown was able to do to him. So Metcalf is still seeing all the peripheral usage you want to see. Like he's still seeing a ton of air yards, still seeing a ton of red zone targets. He hasn't, he's had bad matchups to start the year. Last two matchups, Browns and Ravens. Can we agree both those are really bad matchups? They are. You know, the matchup that was good that the Seahawks had was the Cardinals. That was the game that Metcalf didn't play in. So the one matchup that he's had that's been favorable over the last month he didn't, get to, he didn't get a chance to play in that game. He has eight targets or more in three of his last five games. I think that he's due for an eruption spot. Look, Metcalf is wide receiver 43 right now in the current statistics. He's never been lower than a fantasy wide receiver two his entire NFL career. So that's what I kind of look at. I'm like, I'm looking at the big sample size here, and it's like Metcalf's probably going to finish as a wide receiver two when it's all said and done because that's what he's done every single year of his NFL career. The sample size is massive. So the fact that he's now been a wide receiver for to start the year, when you look at all the matchups he's played, he hasn't had like a favorable matchup all year long. And the ones that he has, he's taken advantage of over hundred yards against the Panthers over 75 yards against the lions. But this last month has been tough. Bengals, Browns, Ravens, tougher defenses against wide receivers. And the only favorable matchup was that Cardinals matchup that he missed with the injury, but upcoming, you have the commanders again, talked about that matchup. Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers again, Eagles, Titans, Steelers. Like there are some smash spots for DK Metcalf. So I'm actually going to be on the buying side here. Erickson, let's stick with you. Who's your top sell high wide receiver? Nico Collins. Um, I, I hate putting this guy on this list because I love Nico Collins and was really like aggressively drafting him this year. But I think that if I had to pick a Texans receiver to own the rest of the season or manage the rest of the season, I would pick Tank Dell. Um, and I think that's not necessarily the consensus take when it comes to viewing these players. I think that Nico is still kind of viewed as the wide receiver one. He'd be kind of drafted as a wide receiver one during draft season. He's obviously been productive and he's been the top 15 wide receiver, but 
looking at the where he wins, he's a more of a perimeter wide receiver. He doesn't benefit from like softer matchups in the slot. So he's more matchup dependent. We've seen that throughout the year. Like he's had a bunch of games where he's been up and been down in this past week. You know, he was buried in terms of the target share. Like Tank Dell was out targeting him. Noah Brown was seeing a lot of targets. Dalton Schultz was seeing a lot of targets. You know, Nico Collins scored the touchdown early in the game, but didn't do a lot after that. So again, I feel like I'm flip-flopping on Collins and Dell every single week, not trying to be, you know, a prisoner of the moment. But the fact that Tank Dell is doing what he's doing as a rookie, whereas Nico Collins is a guy who's been in the year or been in the NFL for a couple seasons, I think I can, if I want to sell high on this Texans hype with CJ Stroud, I think Collins is a guy I would probably try to move for someone that I think has a more solidified role on their perspective offense. And the Texans have a tougher matchup this week. They're going on the road. They're not playing the Buccaneers at home. Texans have been much better at home than on the road. So I want to cash out and take advantage of this boom from the Texans offense with Nico Collins, who I think is going to be more boomer bust than Tank Dell rest of season. Alfredo, would you rather have Nico Collins or Tank Dell rest of season? Oh, I was really hoping you wouldn't ask me this because I don't. <laughs> It's like, like I can't I can't give you an objectively good answer on this. It's just like if you have one of them, cool, like just 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 keep them because you don't want to miss out on these big CJ Stroud boom games. Uh, I think a few weeks ago I would have said, you know, I I, I would be leaning Nico Collins. But I mean, we we are starting to see things here, man. We're like Tank Dell is becoming the primary read on a lot of these CJ Stroud throws. And they're I think they're using Tank Dell in better ways than Nico Collins. They're getting Tank out into space. They're sending Tank deep. They're using him on these intermediate routes. Whereas I understand that Nico is, you know, the supposed wide receiver one and that classic X type player. But I mean, Tank Dell and that relationship with CJ Stroud is kind of undeniable. So I, I think I might agree with Erickson here on, on Dell. Nico is ranked as wide receiver 22 in the rest of the season rankings, and Dell is down at wide receiver 28. So they're close, but there is a bit of a small gap there between the two guys, according to the experts. We'll see how that continues to change moving forward. Listener mailbag. Let's wrap up with some listener questions coming from Twitter. Question number one. Would we rather have Jalen Waddle or Cooper Cup moving forward? Alfredo? Uh, this is so similar to the Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith thing, but I think I would take both of those guys over Cooper Cup at this point. And it's, I think it's mostly just about Matthew Stafford. I think he started off hot. I just don't want to have a guy that's going to, a quarterback that's going to be dealing with an injury rest of season. And I, I think that Waddle's got a better schedule. It's a little bit friendlier. His quarterback's not hurt. And like we talked about earlier, there's a decent buy low opportunity while the Dolphins are on a buy and coming off a loss here against Kansas City, where I think you can go and get uh, Jalen Waddle for a pretty decent price. Whereas Cooper Cup, uh, we've sort of started to see him tail off a bit. And I, I know that this last week doesn't really count because it was Brett Rippett. But uh, I do think that going forward, things might be a little bit better for Jalen Waddle and the Dolphins offense. What do you think, Erickson, Waddle or Cup? I think I'm going to keep Cooper Cup. I, I really don't think I want to try to get off of him after he played a game with Brett Rippon. It's like, of course, his value is going to be in a bad spot, you know, and they're also going on bye week. But, you know, the Stafford, it was a thumb injury. It's not like a back injury or one of these super uh, degrading injuries where, like, oh, he's going to miss the rest of the season. Like, Stafford is a gamer. And honestly, I think that he probably would have played in this game if it was, like, they got to make the playoffs. Like, I think he would have gutted it out. Um, but because they were going on bye, it made sense for them to sit Matthew Stafford. So... I'm going to still stick with Cooper Cup, and I, w I would try to at least try to move him after a big game. So, 
Cup is five, uh, four spots ahead of Waddle in the rest of season rankings. Just for the record, last question here. Willing to package a deal of Chris Olave and Zay Flowers for a wide receiver upgrade. What type of player should I target? Again, willing to package Olave and Flowers to get a good wide receiver. Who should I be targeting? Erickson, anybody come to mind? Well, Chase would be the number one guy I would go for. Um, coming off a so-so game, you know, this back injury thing. Don't care. I, I want to get I want to get him on my team. And if it weren't Jamar Chase, the next guy I would go after would be Brandon Ayuk. I, I think that Ayuk is going to just melt faces in, in the second half of the season. I mean, the 49ers schedule is the best. If you look at the strength of schedule tool on fantasy pros, quarterbacks for the 49ers are number one. Wide receivers for the 49ers are number one. I do not trust Debo. I do not trust George Kittle. I do not trust these guys to stay healthy. I trust Ayuk to stay healthy who is top five in target share and top five in air yard share this season. So those would be the two guys I would try to go after um, if I'm trying to upgrade at wide receiver. Alfredo, any names that you would throw out there or are you kind of with him on uh, Ayuk? Um, so this this time of year, I like to get a little less risk averse. I kind of know what my team is and I want to make sure that whatever I'm doing, I'm upgrading. I think Alave and Flowers are both very good players. So if I'm selling them and packaging them, I, it needs to be a good upgrade. I'm looking at guys like Amon St. Brown who maybe that fantasy managers kind of it's dampered on them because of the bye week and because David Montgomery's coming back. Uh, I think especially after a sort of not great game with the Chargers, Keenan Allen is another guy that I'd be looking at as well, where I think both those players are easy upgrades. They're going to have great target volume going forward. And I think they are easy borderline. I mean, wide receiver one wide receiver, uh, top 12, top 13 wide receivers every single week. He is Alfredo Brown. Thank you so much for joining us again. For him and for Erickson, I am Ryan Warmly. We will get out of there on that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. 
And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.